You are listening to the Vocal Advancement Podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Tom, joined by Heather today. Sabona. Oh, that's very pretty. Where is that from? <laughs> that is Zulu, South Africa. Oh. Mm-hmm. I would go for a South yeah. African vibe today. Why not? Yes, mm-hmm. I like that. It's very, very pretty language. Yeah. I, I have my honeymoon in South Africa. It's a beautiful country. Oh, nice. I can honestly say I've never been, yeah. but I do have friends from South Africa, so... Yeah, it was really, it was a fabulous place. I'd go again. Maybe when my kids yeah, are a bit older, I'd say, we, we did a big, we did a train ride from Johannesburg down to Cape Town. And then we hired a car oh, nice. and we drove the garden route down the bottom of South Africa all the way to the other side where we did a safari. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was an amazing Well, that trip. sounds lovely. It was. It was an expensive nice. one. The train was ridiculously expensive. It was one of those kind of Orient Express type trains where you sleep on it and they do dinner. You have to you have to wear your jacket for dinner. It was posh, and all the booze was included. So we got so drunk. Oh, <laughs> 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 it was brilliant. Nice. You know, I actually have an Orient Express pen. Um, my mum and my grandma went on Orient Express many years ago, and it's a little conductor, and you take his hat off, and the pen is underneath the hat. Aww, that's, cool. that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I keep it safe somewhere. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So I hear you've been sitting doing nothing for the last like couple of weeks, you know, just like lazing about. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I've been doing. Absolutely nothing at all. No, I have officially <laughs> finished my master's. I am so happy, Yay. Tom. <laughs> it is done I freed it exactly that's exactly it that's the feeling of like you know you submit your dissertation then I had to present my my research and and I did I did my presentation yesterday and I just feel brilliant now it is done I don't need to edit anything Uh, else I can't add anymore I can't do anything (laughs) else to it it's done now I just have to sit back and wait to find out how well I did and hopefully I did okay I'm sure you will from the what we talked about in the podcast, it seemed like you know your stuff. Oh, I did. And Inside and out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say, just slightly obsessed with the topic for the past eight months, but um, mm-hmm. it is done now. And I, yeah, I now can, res, you know, return to my ordinary life and get on top of my washing and ironing pile again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All those fun things. And that- that to-do list that builds that up. That huge to-do list. I can't tell you how long the to-do list is. I'm like, all right, I'll do that once I've finished my master's. I'll start that. When I've finished my master's, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And the list just gets longer and longer and longer. But I will begin to do that once I kind of just deflate from. Yeah, you need to decompress exactly. a little bit. And like, you know, chill, have lots of wine. And that's it. Not think about gestures. I, I did I did open the champagne yesterday. I was like, right, that's okay. it. I need a glass of champagne. Quite right. And a yeah, box of Maltesers. Right. <laughs> that was my celebration oh, to myself. Hungry. Glass of champagne, a box of Maltesers. Treat myself. I was just, I was having a rough day the other day and I was just, I was ready to drive to Tesco at like nine o'clock at night to buy a packet of chocolate digestives. Because <laughs> I just was like, I've had enough, I want a biscuit. <laughs> you know, but a box of Maltesers, that's nice. I'll have to get some of them tomorrow. Yeah. I like, I like a, a I like a Malteser. I don't know whether they have them in America. You Americans listening, do you know what we're talking about? Are Maltesers a thing over there or is this just a British thing? 
There'll probably be something similar, I would imagine. They're malt balls. You probably call them malt balls or something. Well, they do have malt balls because I have had them. Have you? Oh, okay. There you go. But they're yummy. I do like them, and it's the good time. It's a good time of year because all the Christmas sweeties are out. Well, exactly. Shop, I saw them. I'm like, big boxes. I'm gonna buy that, and I'm gonna eat them mm-hmm. once I've finished my masters. That's my treat to myself. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. Quite right. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, and so when do you find out your results? How long are they going to oh, make you sit God, and wait? Too long. I think it's like beginning of December or something when I get. Oh. And I don't even know because I'll get the results for this module, but I don't know whether they'll also publish the results for the Masters overall because obviously this module is just like the largest module, but I've had Mm. other things I've done over the past three and a half years as well. So it all kind of gets added together. Um, But I don't get to to go to graduation until like the summer of next year because I'll still... Oh, really? Yeah. So I've got to wait a bit of a while before I can get me a gown and cap on. What's the cap called? I can never remember. I don't know. I want to say gavel, but it's not a gavel. <laughs> I don't know, because the, th- the thing is that I was a dirty dropout. I never finished my actual undergraduate degree. I dropped <gasps> out. And I only got accepted onto the Masters based on, you know, kind of experience in the field of do- actually doing what I'm doing. Um, mm. So I know I've, I've never graduated before. We don't have graduations in this country for, like, high school like they do in America. So I've never done the whole no. cap and gown. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Do you think they'll have a purple one no. for me? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've never graduated either. I dropped out my degree. Oh, look at so us. So I've never done Dirty it. Dirty dropouts, the lovers. I know. But so successful in business and life. So <laughs> <laughs> I say. Went to the University of Life, that's it. Yes, I did. <laughs> I have a PhD. <laughs> Oh my word. <laughs> Pretty hard day. That's it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm going to get that in a t shirt. <laughs> That's quite funny. That's amused me. <laughs> oh my word. Oh. So, um, who are we interviewing in today's episode of the podcast, Tom? Well, actually, we're interviewing one of Ivy's own co-founders, uh, the lovely Stephanie Baum-Kruger, mm-hmm. who is from Munich in Germany. And uh, we thought Stephanie would uh, be really good to get the showbiz gossip about what it's like to work on The Voice in Germany, um, because she worked there a few years back on a couple of seasons as one of the main like on-camera coaches. So we picked her brain and asked for all the juicy details, and she was... So professional, she didn't tell them on camera. She waited till she was off camera and then spilled all the dirt. So I'm so sorry, you won't get to hear that. It's true. We, we may have had to edit a couple of bits out of the interview after, which was like, maybe don't include that. I might get into trouble if I say that. <laughs> I know. She was very very professional. I was going to say, but if you buy me and Tom enough glasses of wine when you meet us in person, we, we, we might let a couple of things slip. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, we've left it enough of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shall we go and talk to Stephanie then? I think we shall. Let's, yes. let's do let's. it. Stephanie, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We are really looking forward to getting to know you a bit better and to grill you 
on what it's like to be working in the industry. <laughs> but let's start nice and easy with um, telling us a bit about how you got started in the world of voice teaching. Oh my goodness, that was a long, long, long time ago. And um, actually, <laughs> I've been, yeah, I'm feeling kind of getting kind of old here. <laughs> so I started teaching almost 25 years ago. And, uh, well, how did I get started? I was a singer. I started singing fairly late in my life. I felt like I was in my early 20s and started taking voice lessons out of, like, a, a life crisis, you know? And uh, <laughs> that's how sometimes good things happen out of, like, the crises, right? So um, mm -hmm. I started taking voice lessons. I was on fire, like, from the first voice lesson on. I felt like, wow, this is what I need to do. I have to train my voice. And uh, I joined a band. I sang in a rock band. Um, and I had no technique whatsoever, Meaning, I enjoyed singing, I was on stage, I loved being on stage, but after like one and a half years of performing, um, my voice was pretty done, right? Um, I was hoarse all the time between practice, between um, performances, I, my voice did not fully recover. And I mm. felt like I, my voice was raspy, I was hoarse. Um, and so I went to the doctor after a big performance and where I felt like couldn't recover at all. And they told me that I have to stop singing because my voice is broken. Right. And at that time I was studying at university and, um, to actually become a school teacher. And they oh. said, well, if you keep singing, then uh, you cannot work as a voice teacher because your voice will not be strong enough to carry um, a full day of teaching in class. And so I went home from that doctor's visit and cried for two days. <laughs> no. Then, yes, it was so sad. I mean, it was bad news to tell me to not sing anymore. And then uh, after two days, I'm not good at crying for very long because I need like a positive perspective. After two days, I decided to become a singer. And uh, then I looked for, I went through like speech therapy, I looked for speech therapists that actually knew how to deal with singers because what I didn't know then that like you need to be specified in working with singers, right? Mm -hmm. And so I tried many voice teachers. Nobody could help me. I was a very, very hard case, I guess. <laughs> and oh, no. Yes, yes. But that, that's good. In the end, that's good because it was so hard to fix my voice. And now I know how to fix hard voices. That's kind of mm -hmm. what it feels like to me. So long story short, I came across a gentleman from California who taught me a voice lesson. And I'm like, wow, that's what's actually working for me. And after practicing with like that little cassette tape back then, we have <laughs> cassette tape recordings mm -hmm. that I practiced with, um, I felt like, wow, this is actually giving me something to work with, a technique. And so again, long story short, shortly after I noticed how much that helped me, I knew that's what I want to learn, not only for myself, but actually I want to learn how to teach this because mm. I've always loved teaching and the school teaching was great, but to actually combine my love for music, my love for singing with the solution for my own voice with the teaching, that to me, that seemed like heaven. 
right? Mm -hmm. And it seemed very complicated because I was in Germany back then, and those teachers were in the United States. And so I turned the world around and moved to the United States to get my education there. I wanted to stay for a year. And long story short, again, I stayed for almost 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I got started. And it's, you know, I feel like that initial fire that I felt when I was teaching my very first voice lesson, which was so nerve wracking because I'm like, I have no idea how to do this, but I I need to try it because it just feels so right. That initial fire honestly has never stopped for me. And Mm. that initial excitement with the curiosity is 25 years later is, I have to say it's still there because it's, it never gets boring and, I've come across so many beautiful people and amazing music and situations where 25 years ago I only dreamed about, you know, and uh, I just feel blessed. And now I'm here with you guys and I can (laughs) share all this. That's really cool. It's one of the nice things, isn't it, about doing something that you absolutely love. You know, you hear people Mm. that hate their job and struggle to get up in the morning, but when you truly love what you do, like every day is a blessing, isn't it? It is a huge blessing. Yeah, my my life could not be better. Seriously, it's the best. But you guys know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so at what stage then did you start to kind of, because you came back to Germany, yeah. And so then you started to uh, teach in a private studio there and things like that. But at what stage did you start to move more into working in kind of like the more the mainstream industry, you know, like the TV and stuff like that? How did that come about? You know, I actually already started that while I was still living in the United States. Oh, okay. Yeah, because what I did, I mean, of course, I kept coming to Germany, visiting my family when I was on a break. And so um, at a certain point in time, I was like, hmm, I'm, I feel like I'm already moving forward very nicely in the States, but in Germany, nobody knows about this amazing technique that that we're doing. And um, so I'm like, okay, I have to change that. I'm on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm serious about this mission and I'm going to just offer a vocal workshop. So I was just sending out information to people that I know. And I'm like, hey, in two weeks, I really seriously, I only had two weeks to get the word out because then I had to go back to the States again. I emailed everybody I knew who was interested in music, interested in singing, all the contacts that I had from before I moved. And I said, hey, I'm doing this workshop. Why don't you just come along if you're interested, right? And so um, I had not only one full day of workshops, but I got so many inquiries. I had two full days. Wow. And then after both workshops, I, I feel like I'm bragging, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's just such a cool story. But and after both workshops, people were standing in line to book me for private lessons, wow. right? And so I'm like, something is right here. Right. Mm. And so every time from then on, whenever I went to Germany, even prior to that, like with a little bit more time to prepare, I did a workshop in Munich in my hometown. And after doing that twice, I'm like, Munich is not enough. So the next time (laughs) I did Munich and Berlin. And then the next time I did Munich, Berlin and Hamburg. 
And then I did Munich, Berlin, Hamburg, and Cologne. So I did like workshop tours. <laughs> Taking when, over the whole country. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. People were so excited to hear and to experience this technique, right? Mm -hmm. And so how did I actually get into the industry? It The, the main breakthrough happened when I uh, got to work with a, I worked with all kinds of musicians, right? But I got to work with this guitar player in Hamburg, who was this really cool dude, like, you know, really dynamic. And we became friends and we stayed in touch. And whenever I was there, he took lessons or we talked on the phone about what's going on. And this one time I talked to him on the phone and he's like, hey, you know what? I'm just in the studio with this singer. And I'm like, and this singer is like, she's one of the biggest stars in Germany. Right. She's like an, she's an icon for decades. Right. And he's like, so I'm at the studio with her. She's just recording her new album. And I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't even know that you were working with her. He's like, yeah. And, you know, I you know, I really think she should work with you. You know, it, it, I feel like y you would be the one to help her. And I'm like, OK, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I, I, yes, please, I, please. Oh, OK, if you <laughs> and so and I'm like, OK, so I'm I'm ready whenever you want me to be ready. Of course, I was in the States. So but then next time I came to Germany again, we talked on the phone and I'm like, hey, if you still want me to work with her, I'm ready. And so he set that up and it was a beautiful, great session. I went to her house, started working with her. We worked on the, all the songs of her new album. Um, we kept working online. Back then, it was, when was that? Like 15 years ago or so, right? So mm -hmm. back then, it was kind of unusual to do this online lesson thing. But I'm like, hey, if, if I want to do this, if I want to like stay within that community mm -hmm. of teaching, I have to offer a regular mm. training method for, for her. And so we work like three to four to five times a week online, right? I wow. got, got up at 5.30 in the morning, California time, <laughs> wow. to work with it. Yeah, because that's what it was for, like, you know, with the time difference. Mm. And so um, we became on a, on a professional level very close. I mean, if we work with someone so closely, it's there's like a, a somewhat of a professional friendship that developed. Mm -hmm. And so she also came to California to come visit and we worked very close, closely and I helped her with the touring. And then when it got closer to, and uh, also got me in touch with some other nice, nice, successful people. And then when it actually got closer to moving to Germany, when that was already planned out, she called me one day and she's like, you know what? I got asked to be one of the celebrity coaches on The Voice of Germany. And um, that was actually when The Voice started here in Germany. It was the very first season. And uh, she's like, but I want to bring my team. Are you ready to be on the team with me? And I'm like, Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I've been dreaming about that for years, you know. I'm like, mm. I want to be on a TV show coaching. <laughs> At some point, so I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm This is it. This is it. I'm ready. Um, what was a little bit complicated was um, 
that I we moved back to Germany and I like just shortly after I gave birth to my firstborn, right? And the vo- the recording for the Voice of Germany started like right then, right? So I'm like, okay, that's gonna be, that's gonna <laughs> be interesting, and so. Um, what we did is my husband supported me and we actually, the, the whole recording was in Berlin and we took the baby. He was three months old then. And we stayed in Berlin for almost six weeks for that whole recording stuff. And I wow. spent the days at the studio doing my job, not sleeping during the night because mm-hmm. Heather, you know what I'm talking about. But it was just such a beautiful, fun experience. And, you know, not only that, to be in a situation like that, which is very different than teaching private lessons, Mm. out of that, out of meeting people and also getting great results with those singers because I could work fast, right? I could get fast results with that technique that we're teaching. I got so many new contacts that out of that, there were so many more opportunities for different TV shows, working with huge artists here in Germany. Mm. And, you know, it's like once you have your foot in there and you're good with people, mm-hmm. one thing leads to the next. And yeah, but the initial question was, how did I get into it? And that's how I got into it. You know? Wow. So what 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 did the job involve exactly? Like how much contact time did you have with the singers? Like you said you had to work quite quickly, but you know, how quickly? Like do you get like ten minutes? Do you get <laughs> an hour a day? What 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 sort of time did you work with them? Yeah, you know, th- and that that is actually a brilliant question because in the, you know when in in the first in the first phase of that show, there is quite a big number of singers that you got to work with. So meaning, and you have, you got to work with them every single day. However, they have so many other um, tasks that they need to follow. They got to go to the makeup artist. They got to do interviews. They got to do video shootings. They have rehearsals, dress rehearsals. Um, they got to do styling. They, they Their days are packed with a million things that don't have to do anything with a voice. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so in the beginning, honestly, when I had that big number of voices that I had to work with before they dumped them on the show, you know, <laughs> I had to work with probably like 12 singers each day. Wow. However, imagine with their big schedule, those 10 minutes, Heather, that you just talked about (laughs) is actually, yeah, that comes close, you know, because they, they're planned out in a very, very tight schedule. And sometimes the dressing artists, like they take longer because they're unsure if it fits or not. Right. So they come to their voice uh, coaching later and mm-hmm. they have they, they're called for the next interview out of that voice coaching. So from my perspective, as the professional working with the voices on the voice, the beginning stages were 
were a little bit unsatisfying sometimes mm. because the singers that enter that show, some of them have previous training. They they know their voice pretty well. They, they went to university or they have a long experience when it comes to singing and performing. However, you also have the other singers that don't have that. Right, mm. who whose voices are beautiful and brilliant. However, their technique is not the best or rather poor, meaning they cannot reach certain pitches, they have trouble with the high notes or with the low notes or the area mm -hmm. in the middle, and you actually need more time with them. Mm -hmm. You know, those 10 minutes, or even if it's 20 or 25, right? That is sometimes not enough. And so yeah. this is very, very challenging. And even though that technique, this technique that we're teaching works very fast, it's still when you're when you're working with, with it for the first time, it can be fair or, or it is fairly new to some of these singers. So in the beginning, that was one of the big, biggest challenges. And as the show goes along, then, of course, it's less and less singers right? Mm -hmm. Meaning you're getting a little bit more time with them. And that that's actually, or that was my more favorite part mm -hmm. of the whole process of the show, because sometimes when they did not have like a super packed schedule, I even got to work with them for like 45 minutes, <laughs> which, whoa, is, <laughs> no, I, seriously, is great. And then not only, it's not only the the private lesson in one-on-one -on -one time. Mm -hmm. But then um, as the live shows are starting, you go for to the stage rehearsals with them, right? To the to the dress rehearsals and you give them feedback on stage and together with those celebrity coaches. And uh, yeah, that's then then things get a little bit more or it get a little bit easier in terms of time management, actually. Mm. Right. But it sounds like a highly pressurized kind of environment where these singers are kind of going through, as you say, this packed schedule. And that obviously will have impacts on their voices as well from being tired and stressed, I would imagine, going through that. So do you find that some of the time it was just about keeping them healthy to get through the shows as opposed to, like, actually, as you said, you know, not a lot of time to work with them sometimes, so not time to build things, but just keep the voices healthy and moving through the contest. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you're you're really you're really nailing it, nailing it. Um, it's keeping the voices healthy, keeping them just as you know. Also, it it was during winter season. Oh. Everybody got sick. <laughs> Everybody got sick. Yeah. But of course, the show schedule was on, so yeah. you know. And yes, so keeping them healthy was a big thing. And then focusing on helping them to hit those pitches that they needed to hit in a song, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, of course, depending on their, their individual singing habits in terms of bad habits, vocal abuse in the past, you know, for those that have been pretty much on the healthy side anyway, it was way easier to help them build more stamina or strength or whatever mm -hmm. you, you want to call mm -hmm. that 
And with others, it was really kind of like dragging them through their task. So that that was very very different and dependent on the singer, actually. And I suppose as well, in these kind of shows, you know, the production will have an idea of what they want a singer to do. The celebrity will have an idea of what they want them to do. And then you as a voice coach have your you know, what you need them to do to be healthy and things like that. So I imagine there was perhaps scenarios where there was conflicts of what was in the best interest of the singer versus what's good for TV. How do you, did you have to deal with scenarios like that? Um, yes, um, definitely. I mean, for, for me personally, you guys know that vocal health and efficiency is always a priority. Mm-hmm. And... Um, since things have to go so quickly, you know, you go on a stage rehearsal and then you get the feedback from the producer, well, here and here, we need this or that. And then you got to rush back to the private studio and you have to make sure that they're able to accomplish what they've been asked for, but in the most healthy way possible. Mm. That is That is a huge, huge challenge at the same time. As we always say, you're growing with your challenges, right? For me, as being put under pressure, that was a huge growing opportunity for me. You know, because I knew, I mean, I wanted to keep that job. I wanted to make them happy with what I'm doing (laughs) there, right? And so that is a huge challenge where you have to, sometimes you have to get creative. You know, sometimes what you know from experience at your private lesson studio doing your scales and like having lots of time, that doesn't work in a situation like that. And then you got to get creative and even faster. And I feel like being in situations like that um, were part of what shaped me to to get even better, you know. So mm. it's uncomfortable in that very moment and it's very nerve wracking. Very nerve-wracking because the whole whole situation at that recording studio was like so professional and everybody needs to be so cool and so on top of things (laughs) and not show any weakness. It's really like that. That was kind of a struggle as well on a personal level, you know, being like so good on the outside, you know. Because, <laughs> like, how much say would you have? So, for example, if a singer, you know, came into a session with you and you knew straight away this song is the wrong key for you, like, would you be able to go back and report that and go, this needs to be a step higher, a step lower? Could did you have that influence, or did you just have to make it work? Um, yes and no. In general, I did have that influence because every individual team had their own musical director who was reporting directly back to the production, you know. So fortunately, it was not me who had to report back to the production team. Mm -hmm. But um, I was in close contact with the musical director of our team all the time anyway, right? So we were constantly giving feedback to each other. And so sometimes when he wasn't sure about, like, what key would be better, I would just try it out with the singer and then report back to him. Or if I felt like in the session figuring out how it works best for the singer, I, there was always the opportunity to report back. So there was actually never a, a bad moment or okay. something that was like not satisfying on my end. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And then even when they do their battle rounds, I mean, did you find it that 
it was very much geared up for one singer to succeed over the other because how difficult is it to find a song that really does do both people as much justice? Like, how how did you manage that sort of scenario? (laughs) You know, again, from my perspective, my perspective is even in that battle thing, right, that I provide both singers with the best way of presenting this song because ultimately yes it is a game one has to leave and one will continue but in the end in the end it needs to be a great performance of course it's a battle but it's a duet as well Mm. and we want Mm -hmm. the duet to sound good and every singer deserves to the same support Right. Mm -hmm. So from my end, I just made sure that I gave every singer exactly what they needed to sing that song well. And then in the end, yes, actually, most of the time it was pretty obvious Mm -hmm. who who was who 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 had the what they what it took to to move forward. And, you know, I had, and I, but I don't know, maybe we need to cut that out later then. Um, <laughs> I also had, you guys have to decide. Okay, I don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> so um, I had, since I was very close with that celebrity coach, right, I had a little bit of sneak peeks behind the scene. And I noticed how they combined the singers in those battles, which was, yes, they needed a very nice performance, but at the same time, it was also combining in a way. So in the end, they had a nice team who would, that would mm-hmm. like continue, continue the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's entertainment, I mean, isn't it? It's for entertainment. <laughs> it is entertainment. And in the end, even though it's so serious for the contestants, it is a game. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it, you know, like, and that's what's, what, what's intense to notice that for those who participate, for the contestants, it's so much more than a game. Hmm. For oh, some yeah. of them, it feels like, it's their future. Yeah. It's like yeah. making their dreams come true. And I mean, being there supporting that and helping them accomplish or get as far as they wanted to get, that that is just on a personal level. That's a lot of responsibility in yeah. in helping somebody else or supporting someone to to fulfill their dreams. It's a privilege. Mm-hmm. I think it's I love that. Privilege, but pressure, you know. Yes. <laughs> In a already pressured environment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But it sounds like you, like I genuinely feel like you loved your time there, regardless of the pressure and the things that went on. But I think sometimes a lot of teachers might romanticize what it's like to work on these shows in the industry. And like, there's no getting around it. You know, it's hard work, long days, lots of pressure, jumping through hoops sometimes to make things work so if somebody's listening to this and thinking like well I would love to do that like that's my dream job like is there any advice you could give them on how they might get started um first of all there's no recipe to 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 get a job like that right in general I don't know how it is in other countries but in Germany here you cannot really apply for a job like that Mm. you know you have to just like for me it has to be a 
beautiful coincidence or and you have to know people mm-hmm. networking is huge huge without networking you don't get anywhere in my opinion you know we call it vitamin b here you know because <laughs> okay. yeah and like um <laughs> yes and um also you you always have to be your best your kindest and your most supporting one no matter who you meet and no matter who you work with mm-hmm. i mean hopefully that's what you do anyway <laughs> but i i always encourage don't make a difference who you work with in terms of support and pro- professionalism because you never know who's in front of you you Absolutely. know it's like in the first moment when you meet someone who's who will be like for me now in retrospect very important in your career you don't know that that they will be that important in your career when you meet them for the first time you know so it is really the overall attitude you got to be as professional as possible as easy easy to work with on a top level you have to be easy to work with if you're high maintenance if you have a lot of demands, if you're in people's ears all the time, if you're asking a million questions, hmm, then you're not easy to work with. So you need to be very self-driven, very independent, very much going forward, um, straight to the point, and again, easy to deal with. And then still when you finally get into situations like that, when you're finally there, you have that job for a TV production or like for a competition or something like that. Um, how should I, how should I voice it the best way? Um, yeah. Being easy to work with most important. And you have to, you have on the, on the way, you have to build resilience, okay? Resilience Mm -hmm. is key to have once you're getting in there. And I tell you why. It's not only the time pressure that you're under, okay? It's not only the pressure of, I have to get results, you know? Not only in a short amount of time, but results that do work that work for the singer and that work for the production plus resilience in terms of there will be moments where you're feeling that small right i think that that being a voice teacher being artistic being creative comes with a high level of sensitivity within ourselves Mm -hmm. i've not met or i've met very few voice teachers or singers that have not had a high level of sensitivity on them on a personal level meaning we're sensitive to what (laughs) how people talk to us right and what what how how we're dealt with and within that sensitivity you have to build resilience because you will get so frustrated at times, not only with the situation, but with yourself. You will get to, like, you will feel your own personal limits. We're like, today I, I, I couldn't manage to get where I wanted to get. And that's, that, that is hard for me. That was hard. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. 
I got out of seriously 12 hour sessions at the studio, being exhausted, tired, and on an emotional level. I felt like, okay, where is my therapist if I, <laughs> if I need them? Yeah. Seriously. You know, just, just working through the individual scenery of that very day. You're in the midst of celebrities all day. And that, and I mean... A lot of ego. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> yes. And I mean, on the one hand, yeah, that's what we want, right? We want to be part of the celebrity scene. Yes, but once you're in there, you will notice... It does not feel the way I was assuming it would feel, you know. Mm. It is so, it, or it can be, at least from my experience, so stressful. Mm. So, and you're not supposed to, to, to show your stress, right? You want to deliver. You want to appear the most professional possible, even if you feel like, mm, I'm actually not sure if I belong here. <laughs> Am I good enough? You know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That, oh my goodness, if you ever get into that situation, be prepared that all the darkness, all the dark clouds <laughs> that are in your soul, oh, they're no. going <laughs> to appear and they're going to be right in front of your eyes. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Yeah, but yeah. But, but that's important for people to know because I think it's just as valid for a voice teacher to actually come to the conclusion that that is not mm -hmm. the role for them. That is not an environment that they will be happy in. And therefore, actually, although everyone sees it as like the pinnacle of all oh, working with celebrities must be the best job out there. Actually, it's okay to say to yourself, do you know what? That's not the best job for me. It's too stressful. Else. Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. Too stressful. Plus what you said earlier, I would not call it ego because it's somewhat like negative, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. but those, those successful people, they're under stress themselves in situations mm -hmm. like that. They're not at ease. They have the same stress, mm -hmm. maybe probably on a different level or in a different context, but they're under stress and the demand on them, they're in front of the camera the whole time. I just do interviews sometimes, right, in front of the camera, which are then broadcasted on social media and stuff like that. But they're on camera the whole time. That Let's talk about stress, mm -hmm. right? And so dealing with them while they're under stress and keeping it professional, keeping it fast, keeping it supportive, that is, that is highly, highly stressful takes mm. a lot of energy and whoa you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds like you need thick skin to work in the industry sometimes and yeah i think it like what you said heather i think it's important to recognize that that might not be for you you know we know other people that work in the industry tv musicals films stuff like that and you know they've said regularly like oh you know on set at 6 a.m finish on set at 2 a.m and then somebody wants coaching after we finish like a 18 hour filming day and you're like well, I want to go to bed but you have to go because that's your job you've got to go and deliver so yeah i don't it might not be for me i don't think perhaps <laughs> I, I i like my creature comforts too much <laughs> but if celine dion's calling you know i would make that exception for her 
course. Oh, you, you I would. sure would. <laughs> I would, yes. Yeah. But I've got one more question for you then, Stephanie, because you mentioned, you know, like they expect results and they expect things to be, you know, magic wand stuff sometimes. So it kind of feels like it's important for teachers to know voices, know tools, have a good toolbox, have and be creative. So, you know, what did you do to help keep your your kind of toolbox packed with stuff that was going to be helping you get these singers to where they needed to be? You mean in the situation itself or in the development of that toolbox? Yeah, the development of that toolbox. How did you, what did you do to make sure that you were able to deliver? Well, that's you know, a hard it's, question. It's a very hard question. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, it is. No, that's, <laughs> but it's a brilliant question. I love the question. Um, you know, first, I, of course, I was, I made sure or I'm still making sure that I'm on top of my, of my logic when it comes to tool usage and what the tools do. And I feel like, you know, even though I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of how the voice works and how the tool work, but I feel like we're never done with that, refining, mm -hmm. refining things. And you know what I said earlier, being in situations where I'm under pressure to deliver fast, for me is has, has been and keeps being one of the best situations to um, to develop being or to 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 keep working on being fast with mm. what I'm doing, no matter if that's in a TV setting like that or if it's doing master classes, if it's doing teacher trainings, you know, stuff like that, where um, those people that are watching me, they they are expecting me to you know, mm -hmm. to deliver and not to, to deliver in 30 minutes, but to deliver on the spot. And mm -hmm. being under pressure like that, to, for me, is really, really helpful to get out of my comfort zone. And I feel like that getting out of the comfort zone is a very important um, circumstance to provide when it is when we talk about getting better, you know, because when we're inside of our comfort zone and we work with our logic and we have all the time in the world, that's very nice. But I feel like when we're doing this, this teaching thing for a while and things just get on a deeper level, we're getting understanding in a deeper level. It goes into our subconscious mind. It even goes into our in, into our emotional being to some extent it gets into into our physical understanding even feeling what is going on with the singer that's in front of us and I feel like to get access to that subconscious mind and on to that deeper level helping out with the with the with the consciousness we have to step out of our comfort zone otherwise we don't get access to that part of our instinct. Let's call mm -hmm. it instinct. Instinct is, to, for me is not only something that we're born with, while we're born with instinct um, in general, I think that instinct is shaped and influenced a lot by what we're doing and what we, what we learn and what we experience. And I feel like we, again, we need to get out of our comfort zone in order to really have the instinct kick in you know when things have to go so fast that we think 
my brain doesn't serve me anymore, mm -hmm. right? I, I know, don't know if we've been <laughs> in that situation. We're like, okay, yeah, I'm getting blank here, but I still have to deliver. Mm -hmm. So kind of, okay, instinct, now come in and just do your thing. And it, I know this is going to sound very weird, but I've been in situations, and I don't mean this on an esoterical level, okay? I mean that very upfront on a human level. I've been in situations where I'm like, okay, here, this doesn't serve me anymore. I, this does not give me answers right now. So please just teach, you know? Yeah. I'm just asking my, my system to, to do the job. And so I keep teaching and I sometimes I'm okay, interesting what I'm doing right now, right? But I've been in situations where I had such incredible results then, having allowing my instinct to kick in, of course, together with my knowledge, and then experiencing amazing situations and actually then learning from my own doing. You know, afterwards I'm like, what did I actually do here? That that was brilliant, you know? But it was it, it didn't come from here. It came from being highly under pressure and then allowing my system to just do its job when teaching. I don't know if that makes sense or if it sounds It does, does make yeah. sense. It's crazy. That's definitely something that comes from having so many years of experience and training and understanding and learning that it's actually, it's all in there already. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not necessarily that you weren't using your brain. You just weren't consciously using it. You were allowing it to just problem solve automatically. Yeah. And that is, that is where we must all get to really in our teaching yeah you know it's that conscious thought that slows us down if we can get into the place where we can just kind of switch off and just go with the flow mm -hmm. then we know that we've done the learning absolutely it has been learned absolutely and you know i have one more thing coming to mind because of your question tom the initial question mm -hmm. of how do i keep my toolbox fresh and efficient you know one thing that i feel like is keeping my toolbox fresh because you know, those the teachers that are watching, they, they might notice that after a while we have our go-to exercises that we just love using, mm. and we stick to those because we love them, right? But there's so much more outside of that. And to, for me, to keep that fresh is I love observing other teachers. And, of course, mm. now being a master teacher, working with teachers a lot and doing mocks and interactives with them, I do that anyway. But also like observing my fellow master teachers. How are they doing this? How are they solving this now? That is so inspiring and actually keeps my own toolbox and playing with juggling <laughs> tools, mm -hmm. keeps things very nice and fresh, you know? And uh, also on the... A different level what I talked about earlier in terms of feeling like those pressure being under pressure situations are really have really shaped me and keep shaping me I feel like this is one benefit from like within IVA having our teachers test every single year because they're nervous right they have to get out of their comfort zone and it's not only that we help them to get to a certain standard because we give them feedback right and to help them raise their standard it's also for them getting out of their comfort zone 
and having to perform on the spot, being under the same pressure that I talked about earlier, right? And Mm -hmm. actually stepping, making a step forward out of that pressure situation Mm -hmm. into more brilliance, performing under pressure, that builds diamonds. And, you know, that's, I think that that's a great thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely something about out of your comfort zone and perform, like you say, performing under pressure where you, you just have to, you have to figure it out, you know, you have to find a way through it. And so it just helps to build effective teachers because, you know, you got to find Absolutely. a way to get this done. So, yeah, I think that's great advice. Great advice. Yeah. I think you were, I think it's called unconscious competence, isn't it? In the four levels of, of, yes. of learning, isn't it? Unconscious oh. competence. That's a cool That's term. Right. I have to have to remember that. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful yeah. term. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yes. So Stephanie, this was mm. lovely to chat and to get to know a bit behind the scenes and things like that. And um, if people want to learn a little bit more about you or find out about lessons with you, well, where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on my website, um, stephanieborn.com. Or on Facebook, on Instagram. It's all, I think, Stephanie Bourne Kruger. Okay. Oh, you're going to you're gonna, you're yeah, gonna we'll find Yeah, we'll put in the show me. notes. Oh, thank you. We'll put them in the show <laughs> notes. For sure, for sure. Mm. Yes, I'm, I'm always out there somewhere where you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, on the IVA page, I'm listed on the IVA page as well. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie. It's been a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's been really fun with you guys. Thank you so much. So there you have it. That was our lovely Stephanie dishing the showbiz gossip. Oh, it is interesting to hear how these things happen because you do you watch it on the telly, don't you? And you you kind of make assumptions. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I've watched on the telly. I didn't say that to her. I've never seen the voice. Have you never seen? I say I can't say that I watch mm-hmm. it all the time, but I certainly in the UK when it first came out, I did watch the first few episodes. I actually went to watch um, them filming one of the oh, really? uh, rounds. I took my staff because they were filming it in Manchester, which is just up the road from me. The the blind auditions, so I did go to watch oh. that when um, yeah, it was Will I Am and Tom Jones and. Uh, Oh gosh, the guy from the script. What's his name? I can't remember. He was. Oh yeah, I can't remember his name. No, I can't remember his name, but he was a judge as well. So we did go and watch one of the the filmings. That's the early it. season. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like the, the maybe the second season that we saw, and it was interesting watching it take place. You know, watching what was going on, um, but. Yeah, I, didn't s- I suppose the sceptic in me is always like, how blind is the blind edition? Oh, they were actually. and But the audience were very much um, kind of prompted to respond in a particular way. So we were all told we mm-hmm. had to be deadly silent when the person walked out onto the stage. So we weren't allowed to kind of clap them as they walked out. So how intimidating is that as a singer? You have to walk onto oh, a no. stage to deathly silence. Um, <laughs> cameras <in> exactly <laughs> and then start singing to no response and then we were allowed to respond once they sung and we were told that if they like did a key change or hit a really big high note then we were, had to go wild at that point you know we were very much okay. kind of told how to react to yeah. these auditions to make good telly um 
Yeah, I mean, all the shows do that. Like, Britain's yeah. Got Talent do all that stuff. Exactly. Well. It's just, you know, good telly, like you say. Absolutely. But it's, I've always felt with The Voice, it's just a slightly more ethical process than some of the TV talent shows because they mm. deliberately don't include the people with questionable abilities in those auditions. The auditions are only people who genuinely yeah. have a talent. And then they're just trying to Not find like... the cream of the crop rather than mm-hmm. let's put someone on who's deliberately not up to par so we can all laugh at them. Like the voice has never yeah, done the that. Novel, yeah. 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 It gives it a bit more credibility, like you say. Yeah. And I know that like in years gone past, they do that kind of sweep around like voice studios in the UK where like the production crew be like, Hey, we're looking for singers, we're gonna be in the area, are any of your students interested in coming along to audition? And like they have a whole because there's a whole process they go through before they actually make oh, it yeah. to like the on screen blind editions. Cause Another, I think two or three of our other teachers in IVA have worked, also worked on The Voice in different countries around the world mm. and have been involved in like the earlier stages of, of additions. So it's a huge peg. I mean, like, can you imagine planning all that stuff? I know, I know. <laughs> Makes my brain hurt. And, and trying to help students go through that process as well is a challenge. You know, I've had students go in and, and do all right and get through to like, and I would, this is why I was asking Stephanie about the battle rounds as well, because I had a student that got through to the battle rounds and the voice, and it was very clear that the song was picked to favour the person she was battling against mm. and not her. So the song was not at all appropriate for what she could do. Yeah. But that probably was the right thing because the other singer was a better singer. And but, but it's challenging yeah. as a voice teacher to help someone through that process when it's you know that it's so orchestrated in a way and there is mm-hmm. like a little bit of a potential agenda underneath there to, you know, first and foremost, yeah. make good telly. And I suppose like it's also difficult for us because, you know, you know it's a song that this, the students shouldn't maybe be singing because it's not the best thing for their voice. But at the same point, it's got to be good telly. So they've got to give it their all mm-hmm. as much as they can. And like a kind of feel for them like and as Stephanie was saying like the stress that they were under because you know she gets her little tiny slot which is just a tiny piece in the in the whole day like of yeah. their packed schedule and it's like I don't think we appreciate you know we laugh we cry we watch and all that but like this person is like run ragged behind the scenes going through this competition like everything they have to do to just be in it that's it you know must be awfully stressful on the voice totally. as well when you consider all that stress on the body and then you got to get up and perform at your peak yeah, it's not for everyone. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> but working on it is not for everyone as well. Like I think, and yeah, you kind of alluded to yeah. the end of the conversation that, you know, and certainly I, as a younger teacher, you know, aspirations, I'm going to work in TV, or I'm going to work in shows or like that. And like when you find out and you start to realize what it actually is like behind the scenes, it's not quite as rose tinted glasses as you no. think it is. It's, it's not as glamorous. It's a lot of work yeah. and a lot of, politeness and you know i don't agree with you but i have to smile and take it because it's professional not to you know tell the director that he's a a-hole kind of, <laughs> yeah holding your tongue when it yeah yeah i don't think i'd be very good at that maybe i would who knows I think I think that in itself is a skill like Stephanie because Stephanie was quite particular about that like you had to be a particular type of person that fitted in with what the crew or the production staff were looking for and you know certainly like 
as I said, we have other people that work quite high up in the industry. Like I've had conversations with them and they've been like, you know, a person came into work, they were not the right person. Like they were a great teacher, but their attitude stunk. And like the crew are like, we have enough going on. We just can't deal with this person. And so they get booty out yeah. kind of thing. There's no room and for it's not egos. because they're a terrible teacher. Nah. Yeah. Because it's not about you. It's about the show. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're just a cog in the wheel. Which makes that sound really like doom and gloom, but like it, it's not an easy industry to work in, is it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't strike me as that that it's going to be the right job for a lot of people. To be honest, mm. I think it does take the right sort of person that can. You've got to be a team player for a start, which a lot of voice mm-hmm. teachers, you know, as much as we like to think we can work, but we work solo a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So to go from being totally autonomous in your own business doing things the way you want to do them to then have to work in a in that company where you are not the main character <laughs> yeah that's a leap that could be a challenge for a lot of people oh yeah mm. and take direction that you might not necessarily agree is the best thing for the student mm. in front of you because as you said like it's what makes good telly and it's what you know furthers the agenda that the program has and like we might be sitting there going no that's a terrible thing for this person to do but you have to you've got to make it work and put aside your your personal opinion and be like do as you're told basically absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and that can be hard work when you're working on state you know like if you're on set like 16 hours a day dealing with that that's a lot to deal with yeah. a lot of stress on you as well yeah absolutely but it is, it's fascinating. So it's not quite as glamorous. But, no, yeah. but fascinating to know mm. what's going on and what is expected of you because I'm sure there will be some teachers out there that are like, I really would, that would be my ideal job. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. I love, like, I think I've said this in previous episodes, like, I just love being nosy, seeing what goes on behind the scenes, you know, like backstage at the shows and stuff like that. I just, I, it's just, it's such a different world, mm-hmm. like, than you think like and and maybe it's just me but i have this like picture in my head of what it'd be like to be backstage and stuff and then you go backstage and you're like oh my is this god it? like this is horrible <laughs> <laughs> really this is what this is like you know like they're just regular people like us scrambling around to throw stuff together at the last minute it's not all you know Glamour. champagne and rosy <laughs> <That's> funny <laughs> i know i love it hey it was it was really it was really interesting though to hear more about it and see what was going on. So yeah, definitely, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and it was nice to have you know another IVA friend or yeah, to chat. Yeah, we need to get more of them on. We ought to start, you yeah. know, rallying the troops. Let's get some more of our people in to chat to them. And actually, it just it came to me as well. Like we're talking about the Voice. Like one of our IVA teachers in Australia just their student just won the Voice That's Australia. Right. Yeah, not like, about a week past ago they won it. So like. That's us got two teachers in Australia with voice champions that are, you know, yeah. taking the mantle. Yeah. You know, if we have a scoreboard for like... <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to be a competition now. Yeah, <laughs> Worldwide, who's scoreboard. got the most voice winners? <laughs> <laughs> Australia's leading the way so far. They are. I know. Amazing. Mm, impressive. It's brilliant. Yeah. So last, maybe last episode or two episodes ago, we said that we were having a little bit of a get-together in November, didn't we? We were having a week uh, singing teacher summer. did. That's very, it's yeah. very exciting, and I am looking forward to this. It is such a great opportunity to open our doors to 
everybody who wants to learn a little bit more about teaching singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, we have such, I think we have some really nice people coming to deliver presentations and, you know, not just technique but and science, but we've also got a little bit of business in there and other things that, you know, kind of help with that idea of building well-rounded voice teachers that have, you know, all the skills necessary to be success. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Kerry and Kerry Ober and John Haney presenting, but I'm also looking forward to the social media presentation that we're doing and the other presentations that are going to be there. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned last time as well that we were open to research submissions for people to come along and submit like the latest things that they're working on and talking about. So I, I personally can't wait for that, particularly after, you know, we had Tessa and Helen on talking about their research. Like it really gave me a bit of a taste mm-hmm. for it. So I'm quite excited about those sessions. Absolutely. There's lots of new... There's so much new research happening in the world of voice and singing. I mean, when you compare it to when I first started teaching, there was hardly anything going on anywhere in terms of research. And now it is growing and growing and growing and more information is coming out, more research. And I love love finding out about, you know, new stuff that's coming out, new ideas, discussing new suggestions of ways Mm -hmm. to go about teaching, ways to talk to your students, ways to you know, kind of honour traditions in, in certain types of music. Mm. Some really great ideas. So um, I'm really excited to see the array of research presentations that we have um, at that summit. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. So now, and it's, um... remind me, Tom, how much are we charging mm-hmm. people to attend this summit? Well, actually, we had quite a lot of champagne when we set the pricing and we decided to <laughs> give that away for free. <laughs> we must have had an what? awful lot of wine that day. What were we thinking? <laughs> I know. I know. So, hang on. You time. were telling me that teachers can get access to information and education delivered by Carrie Obert, John Henney. Mm-hmm. Yep. Me. <laughs> yes. I'm putting myself in that group now. <laughs> uh-huh. Hello. <laughs> And a whole host of our other phenomenal IVA teacher instructors. And they get they can have that for free. They can, yeah. They can come along and absorb it all and it won't cost them a single dime. We're just so we're so generous. I mean we're so nice. Merry Christmas, everyone, is all I'm gonna say. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas came early. They would be absolute fools not to take advantage of that then. Absolutely. You know, like even just going to a single class with one of these instructors might cost you a couple of hundred dollars, you know, Absolutely. And you're getting multiple classes for nothing. This is... So lots of high quality training and education available. Amazing. So how do they do it? How, how do they access? How do they make sure they can attend? Yeah, so they need to get to the show notes of the podcast and they need to find the link that will allow them to register. And if you can't find the show notes, if you go to the vocaladvancement.com website and look for the blog post about it, you'll be able to register using the form there. And it's all free. All you need is your name and your email address. Brilliant. Sign me up. Mm. I'm already there. Well, you are already going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) I hope. (laughs) Not abandoning me to host it on my own. If I weren't already there teaching at it, I would be there learning. From, in fact, I will be. I'll be in all the other classes going, oh, yeah, tell too. me more. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. And I can't, can't wait to meet lots of different people from outside in the vocal world that we've never met before yeah. and get to know people and just 
see what's going oh, on. It's there. just it's going to be very exciting. So nice to just kind of open the doors and go. Do you know what? We are an open book. Come and mm-hmm. learn. Come and gather stuff. Come and ask questions. And um, you know, I, I think sometimes organizations like ours can get a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a closed door organization where it's kind mm-hmm. of like you know unless you're with us you don't know anything um and i think it's really important that that we don't do that to a, our wonderful organization because it is just a case yeah. of what we're doing is try to gather information and help people have access to it um and this is a, a really important a really important thing that we're doing and just sharing sharing knowledge so that everyone out there who wants to benefit from it can benefit from it that's really exciting absolutely i don't think i could say it any better mm. i think it's just it's such a wonderful thing to do to be open to new things it's brilliant. you know and not closed off to other ideas or other concepts because i think we can all learn something from everybody yeah. you know and even in other ways it might stimulate debate or discussion around other topics and it might connect people that may never have met before absolutely and they might strike off and debate and you know go and do research about stuff together and things like that so who knows like all the connections and possibilities that will come from you know an online summit yeah absolutely and i should say that as well it's an online summit so you don't have to come in person everything is online so you can do it from the comfort of your own home and sit in your pants and just you know With your bottle of wine and a box of Maltesers and learn about vocal signs. That's it. Or social media. That's brilliant. Or gestures or all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And hoping it's going to become an annual thing. Every year we'll be introducing the summit. Woohoo. You know, who knows? Maybe it'll become an in-person thing eventually if it grows. Oh, my word. That would be great. That would be exciting. Two days in Hawaii. <laughs> Barbados. <laughs> or does Tom want to go on holiday that year? <laughs> I love it. Sign me up. I know. Yeah, so that's in the show notes and it's on our website. So find that and then sign up and come and say hello to us. We can't wait to meet you all. Brilliant. And don't forget, yeah. if you want to make sure that you don't miss the next episode of the Vocal Advancement Podcast... You need to do something that Tom's going to tell you about now because I don't do this bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to follow us. You know, you got to go where you get your podcast and you got to hit that follow button so that you get notified when other episodes come out. And, you know, you can also watch this on YouTube. Like, we do film this. And every time we film, I do tidy the background behind me so that it looks lovely and tidy, which means if you look to the left of my camera, there's a massive pile of crap that's shoved in <laughs> me. So if you want to come see my lovely tidy space, come onto YouTube. I love it. Let's do it. It's like something out of a comedy film, like the wardrobe is like bursting at the scene. It's going to explode the minute the camera goes off. (laughs) I live in a tidy house, promise. (laughs) Do you believe that? (laughs) Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. It's been lovely talking with you all. I know. And we will... We're, co- we're coming dab hands at this We are, moment. I know. We're so good at this, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we're not at all blacking our way through it at all. No. It's all at least the technology works now. We've got that kind of... Just nailed, about. You know. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, we'll see you next episode, gang. Yeah, take care. See you later. Bye.